Today is Wednesday, the 23rd of January, 2019. Today, Sayadaw will explain how to practice metta meditation for the metta meditators. Yesterday, Sayadaw explained that first of all, we should cultivate metta for ourselves and then as a second step cultivate metta for a, per- a person we respect or a benefactor. Practicing in this way, is it going all right? So, is it going all right with your practice? So because you have already metta, that's why it is going well or your practice is easy. So when practicing metta meditation, there are persons for whom the cultivation of metta is easy and for others it's difficult. So for which kind of persons, or when we cultivate metta, which are easy persons for us for the cultivation of metta? It's the persons with whom we have some relationship already from previous lives. And so now when we cultivate metta for such a person, it's easy. So it's easy because um, there is already, there is originally already the uh, feeling of metta. 
And another point is that when a person has little dosa, anger, aversion or hatred, then it is easy to cultivate metta. When is it difficult to cultivate metta? Like what kind of person um, is it difficult to cultivate metta for? If a person is lacking the original quality of metta, then it is difficult to uh, cultivate metta. And another point is that um, it takes, or it is difficult, or takes a long time for the metta to arise when there is a lot of dosa, meaning when there is a lot of anger, aversion, hatred, or ill will. So there is the easy persons and the difficult persons, but gradually with practice, then um, it is possible to cultivate metta for any kind of person. What is needed is the practice to engage in the cultivation of metta to make an effort in cultivating loving-kindness. So therefore, please um, try your best, be diligent and um, persevere in your practice. So, so far you have been cultivating metta for yourself and also for a person you respect or a benefactor. So continue to develop metta for these two kinds of persons. So tomorrow then, when you uh, have interviews, then Sayado will give further instructions for your meta practice. So, as you have been cultivating metta for these two kinds of persons, for ourselves, for the benefactors, we should reflect or 
realize for which of these two kinds of persons it is easier to cultivate the metta, for which of these persons the quality of metta is easier to arise or to manifest. And when you find it's either for this person or for that person, then uh, spend more time on the person for whom it's easier to cultivate the metta. So, if it's easier to cultivate metta for yourself, then spend more time with the practice of metta for yourself. Or if it's easier to cultivate metta for the person you respect, admire, or for your benefactor, then spend more time in cultivating metta for the benefactor or the person you respect. So this metta retreat here, Sayado teaches metta meditation to local meditators, Burmese meditators, and he also teaches metta meditation to uh, foreign meditators. So often there arises a question in regard to the metta practice and it's the question um, when cultivating metta uh, then meditators ask does it does it also get to the other person? So, uh, when saying somebody is sending metta, then one would the answer would be that the metta also gets there or arrives. When we uh, cultivate metta, then what is needed is that we uh, cultivate it attentively and carefully. And also we must make sure that 
person who is the object of our meta-meditation, that our wish for this person's good health, happiness and peace is a heartfelt wish, that we really wish the other person to be well, to be happy and to be peaceful. The metta that we cultivate, that we radiate, must be pure, it must be clear, it must be uh, faultless. So in this way, when we cultivate metta, we should do it diligently, carefully and also um, with a pure mind or with a uh, genuine wish. It must be a genuine and heartfelt wish for the other person who is the object of our metta practice. So for him or her to really be well and happy and peaceful. And um, we who cultivate the metta, so our metta must be pure, it must be genuine, it must be faultless. And also, when we cultivate metta, it should not be accompanied by loba, it should not be accompanied by dosa. Loba means all forms of wanting, craving, or attachment. Dosa means all forms of aversion, hatred, ill will. So for example, it should not be accompanied by loba, by wanting, for example, we do not cultivate metta for the other person because, um, hoping that we get something, some material things in return. When we cultivate metta for the other person, it should also not be accompanied by the desire uh, to get a higher position or a good reputation. Yeah. 
or else we should not cultivate metta for another person with the desire that this person then in return will like us or love uh, ourselves. Or else, in regard to dosa, all forms of anger, aversion, hatred, ill will. So, our metta should not be accompanied by dosa. It should not come from a place of being afraid. Because, let's say, the other person uh, is when if the other person is scolding us or shouting at us or um, hitting us, uh, harming us in any way. So then we should not cultivate metta for this other person with the uh, expectation or desire that through our metta practice this other person does no longer harm us or shout at us or scold us. So, if, it is, if our metta is accompanied by one of these mental states, then it is fake metta and the wish for the other person to be well, happy and peaceful is like a fake wish. So, if your metta is really pure and genuine, then it will get to the other person or reach the other person. So, Sayada will now um, relate an example in regard to uh, cultivating metta. So at one time, at the time of the Buddha, the Buddha went to Kusinara and where the king Mala was uh, residing. So the Venerable Ananda then sent a message to the King Mala to let him know that the Buddha was coming. 
And when King Mala heard this news, then he convened a meeting. And at the meeting, King Mala then uh, told everybody that the Buddha followed by a number uh, of monks would come to the town of Kusinara. And he said that when the Buddha was coming with uh, uh, the monks that uh, everybody should go and welcome the Buddha and the monks. And they decided that if somebody would not come to welcome the Buddha and the monks, they would have to pay a fine of 500 pieces of money. And so then, um, when the Buddha and his monks came, the King Mala um, when, uh, was welcoming the Buddha and the monks. And among the people who were welcoming the Buddha and the monks, there was a minister called Roja. This minister was quite young and he came from a wealthy family. And uh, Roger, he had many friends. And Roger, he happened to be a friend of Venerable Ananda. So when the Buddha and the monks arrived, Hoja uh, saw Venerable Ananda. And uh, when they saw each other, the Venerable Ananda said to Roja, Ah, you have come to welcome the Buddha and the monks. Um, I'm very pleased with that. And the fact that you have come, um, you, you gain a lot of merit. Yeah, yeah. 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 
And he said, he continued to say that based on this merit, um, the benefit would be um, many more material possessions. To this, the uh, Roja replied, Venerable Ananda, I have not come to welcome the Buddha and the monks because uh, I want uh, to earn the merit by doing so. I have not come to welcome the Buddha and the monks because I have a lot of respect for them. I have only come to welcome them because I do not want to pay the fine of 500 pieces of money. When Venerable Ananda heard the reply from Roja, he felt sad, uh, thinking, well, Roja has not come to welcome the Buddha and the monks because he respects them, but he only came because he is afraid of paying the fine. meaning that he has not come to welcome to this welcoming because he respects the Buddha and also he has not come to this welcoming uh, because uh, he wants the material benefits um, from doing this. Then the Venerable Ananda went to the Buddha and he told him that among the people welcoming him and the monks there was his friend, the minister Mala. And he told the Buddha that he only came uh, for this welcoming because he was afraid of paying uh, the fine. And the Venerable Ananda continued to say that his friend Roger had not come 
uh, because he felt respect for the Buddha. He had not come because he wanted to earn the merit by doing so, and he, that he had not come <coughs> um, because he was interested in the worldly benefits from doing so. And he continued to say and said, um, please uh, forgive me uh, for this and please, uh, Venerable Buddha, do something that the minister Roja um, will have respect for the sasana, for the teachings of the Buddha. And so with that, the Buddha then started to cultivate metta for the minister Roja. And how did the Buddha cultivate metta? In the same way as you, yogis, are practicing it. Cultivating metta for roja. Um, may roja be well, happy and peaceful. May roja be well, happy and peaceful. May roja be well, happy and peaceful. And after already, or as the Buddha was cultivating metta in this way, it did not take long before the minister Roja started to feel respect for the Buddha and uh, he started to feel respect and admiration for the sasana, the teachings of the Buddha. So within a short time, Roja started to feel great respect for the Buddha. Um, really great respect. It's like, it was like when a calf has lost its mother, and so the calf uh, is mooing and uh, crying for the mother, where is my mother, where is my mother? Um, I want to drink the milk of my mother. So likewise, Roja 
asked everybody, where is the Buddha? Have you seen the Buddha? I want to go and see the Buddha. Uh, I want to go and pay respect to the Buddha. So whoever Hoja met, he asked everybody, like monks and people, asking them, uh, please can you tell me where is the Buddha, uh, where is the Buddha staying, have you seen the Buddha, where did he go, can you tell me where I can find the Buddha. And so then one monk told Roja that the Buddha was staying in that building, uh, pointing it out where the door was closed. And the monk told Roja to go there, knock at the door, and that the Buddha then would open the door. And so Roja did as he was told by the monk. He went to that building, knocked at the door, and then the Buddha opened the door. And so then the Buddha gave him some teaching and with that, Roja um, really respected the sasana, the teaching of the Buddha, and he became a follower of the Buddha. And so Roja then told the Buddha with deep respect and admiration for the Buddha, um, please only accept my offering of food to you and the Sangha, the other monks. And then the Buddha said, Well, Roja, there are other people who say the same thing as you do. And 
And the Buddha continued to say, so I will eat the food that you offer to me and the Sangha, but I also will eat the food that other people offer to me and the Sangha. So in this story or example, we see that the metta, the, the quality of metta, reached or touched another person. First, the minister Roja did not respect the Buddha and the Sangha, the other monks, but then um, with, the, with, the, with the Buddha's metta, the power of that metta, he came to deeply respect the Buddha and the Sangha. This is the power of metta. Sayado will give another example that illustrates that the metta has an effect on, on another person, that the metta reaches the other person. At one time, Sayadaw gave a metta retreat in Malaysia in the way he teaches the metta here. It was a 10-day metta meditation retreat. Among the meditators was a man called Mr. Ong. It was Mrs. Ong, and um, Sayadaw gave instructions on how to practice metta, um, like everyday metta for another person. So then it was on the day when the when Sayadaw gave the instruction to cultivate metta for a dear person. So on that day, Sayadaw gave the instruction Please cultivate metta for a dear person and saying that men should choose a man as their object and women should choose a woman 
as their object. And so this meditator, Mrs. Ong, she chose her daughter um, to cultivate metta for. So she cultivated metta for her daughter in the morning, in the afternoon, the whole day. And in the late afternoon, she had an interview with Sayadaw, and uh, she, she was very pleased when she went for the interview. She said, Sayadaw, Metta, this is really very amazing. It's, um, it's very special. And she continued to say, uh, today you gave the instruction to cultivate metta for the dearest person and so I chose my daughter. And my daughter, uh, actually she is in Australia where she is studying. She was already studying in Australia for four, three years. And she said that um, in the beginning, when the daughter was in Australia, that she very often uh, called her mother, that she very often sent messages to her mother. And Mrs. Song said, but now it's already more than two months that she has not called and that she has not sent any messages. I tried to call her, but she never uh, answered. I sent messages to her, but she never replied. Today, as um, you gave the instruction, so the whole morning I cultivated metta for her and also the whole afternoon. I cultivated metta as you instructed. May my daughter be well, happy and peaceful. May my daughter be well, happy and peaceful. In this way I cultivated metta uh, carefully and attentively. 
And then, in the late afternoon, I got a phone call. And when I looked who was calling, it was my daughter. So then Mrs. Ong um, asked her daughter, why do you call? What is the matter? Uh, and the daughter said, well, there is no particular reason that I call you, but somehow today I just, uh, you popped up in my mind, I remember you, and so I thought I would call you. And then Sayada told Mrs. Ong, yes, you see, that's the power of metta. That's how the, that's how the metta reaches the other person. So, in this way, you can see, you can understand that if you um, genuinely cultivate metta for another person, then it has an effect on the other person. We can say the metta reaches the other person. Um, taking a modern uh, analogy, like to nowadays having uh, mobile phones, making calls, sending messages. So whenever we make a call or whenever we send a message to somebody else, the other person gets the message or gets the call. So nowadays people send messages, they send emails, or they make calls. And so whenever a message, an email is sent, then the other person gets it. But one needs a connection, or one needs a good connection in order for the message to get to the other person. So, if the metta should reach the other person, that must be a good connection. If the connection is not there or not good, then it doesn't reach the other person.
So the meta-connection is not good or not there in the case when there are uh, thoughts of loba, greed, wanting, craving, dosa, aversion, hatred, ill will, or when the mind is restless with many thoughts, then yeah, there is the connection is not good, and then the metta does not uh, get to the other person. So when the mind is free from the kilesas, the defilements such as loba, dosa and so on, then in that case there is good connection and the metta will have an effect on the other person, it will reach the other person. So, when you are uh, cultivating metta, loving-kindness, make sure that the connection is good. And when cultivating metta, please do it carefully, diligently, do not do it lightly and superficially. And also try to, to uninterruptedly cultivate the metta, to develop the loving-kindness um, repeatedly without having uh, gaps. So, when there are many gaps in the metta practice, then the connection is not good. So, when you cultivate metta, you should do it like the, the hands of uh, a clock. So if you look at the, at the hands, they just move all the time, without the break, all the time. They do not stand still, there is no gap in their movement. So try not to have any gaps for whatever reason. So, um, cultivate the metta uh, uninterruptedly without uh, having any gaps. And try to practice in, in a way that 
the meta does not stop or that there are no gaps in the meta practice or that the meta does not disappear. If you practice in this way, then your metta samadhi, the concentration based on this practice, will develop quickly. And also, the metta you cultivate uh, for the other person who is the object of your practice, then the metta will have an effect on the other person. It, it will reach the other person. So, by practicing carefully and diligently, may you be able to develop the concentration based on the metta practice and may you uh, quickly attain the metta jhanas. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu.